Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome back to Our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. This is episode number six, and I am Joe Murata. With me, as always, is Michael Quinn. How you doing, Quinn? Wow, number six. Number six. 60 we have made years? It. We have made like it that? 60 years of Our Vantage Point, wow. the Retro Wrestling Podcast. This is where we're going to discuss some things to remember and some things we wish we didn't. We actually have, Quinn, over 40 years of combined fandom. Less years than this podcast, somehow. Less years than this podcast, somehow. And on that note, we are back this week to talk to you about retro wrestling. It's going to be a great show. Uh, Quinn's actually going to open the show. Before he does, I just want to remind you that at any time, you can tweet at us at OVP Podcast, or feel free to send us an email at ovppodcast at gmail.com. That is ovppodcast at gmail.com. Quinn, where can they subscribe? Oh, they can subscribe on the iTunes. You can get it over there. You search for our Vantage Point, Retro Wrestling Podcast, or just our Vantage Point. You could go on the Google Play, search it there, uh, same kind of search. The Stitcher? The Stitcher. We're on the Stitcher. You can go on the Stitcher and get it, too. Um, yeah, there's there's options. You can listen to it. You can subscribe to it, so you don't have to worry about uh, you know trying to find it again once you get it. That's right, and I did check. We're not on MySpace. Ah. We're not. I wasn't sure about that. They didn't make one for us. I'm going to have to look into that. We're going to have to get on the MySpace. I hear all the kids are using that these That's days, the right? That's a popular thing, right? Yeah, that and like GeoCities webpages, Isn't I like think. is it like Green Day on, on the MySpace? <laughs> yeah, Something like that? Yeah, Green Day. Something like Green Day, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to get on to our wrestling talk here for our first segment. Quinn's going to open it up. He's going to tell me about a missed opportunity. Quinn, what do you got? So for this week... um, one thing I, I always felt was a missed opportunity, and I think it was more due to other circumstances, but still, I feel like it was a missed opportunity. Ricky Steamboat's Intercontinental title run. Ooh, that's interesting. Okay. I always felt they could have, instead of having him drop to Honky Tonk Man in like a month or whatever Ugh. it was, well, how long was that? Do you know? He had the title for a little over two months. He won it at WrestleMania three, of course, Pontiac, Right, Michigan. in a great match with the Macho Man. One of my, yeah. it's one of the matches that made me realize what work rate what even was. <laughs> Absolutely. That might actually be the best WWF match uh, of definitely the 1980s. Oh, without question, the 1980s. Definitely. It's, it's yeah, it's amazing. It's, I can watch that every day. Yeah, like that it's, match. It's, it's a that fantastic good. match. It's like great, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Great storyline. Yeah. Great announcing. Great, Everything about it. feud. Psychology. I mean, in the middle of it, the announcers are even saying this is the best match they've ever seen. That's true. Yeah, Jesse Ventura says yeah. that, I believe. And honestly, for the time, it was the best match I'd ever seen. I mean, there was definitely better stuff going on in the NWA now that I am more aware. Right, um, right. Like, I've looked back. There's stuff that happens on, like, regular... WCW TV that is better. Than oh, I'm sure that. there is. Yeah. I'm sure there is. But yeah, to answer your question, I believe he lost the title on June 2nd, 1987. So God, WrestleMania so short. was the yeah. end of March. Ridiculous. And he lost it to the Hunky Tonk Man. Which I, ha- I I don't like, by the way. And you I, know that. I Quinn. know you don't I like him. I haven't expressed this yet, but fuck that guy. <laughs> I mean, I like him as a good heel champion, but it's so long. And, okay, here's the thing with all of this, is that, say you want to do this Honky Tonk Man thing, because obviously they wanted to pass it to the Warrior, but they didn't... I don't didn't, know if they knew that in 87. No, exactly, and that's my point. They didn't know that in 87. Makes no sense to me that Honky's the champion for that long to this day. I used to, like, I used to think, like, they were doing that on purpose, but that definitely was not the plan. There's no way, right? I don't know. I mean, it definitely drew a lot of money because he could headline the B House Show circuit. Back then, folks, they had usually two simultaneous circuits. They yet still do. They started doing it again. It was a long time in between. They would have their A circuit, which would be Hulk Hogan. 
yeah. the face champion, right. world champion would headline it, and you'd have a lot of crappy matches. And then your B circuit would be headlined usually by the Intercontinental Champion. Sometimes the tag champions, Sometimes too. the tag champion. Because you had Bret Hart and the Hart Foundation. And they actually had C circuits as well sometimes in I the mean, 80s. they were cooking in the they 80s. They were cooking. So what would you have done differently, or what would you have liked to maybe see retrospectively about Steamboat's IC well, title run? first and foremost... I wanted a rematch between Savage and Steamboat at some point. Well, you got to remember, the only pay-per-view, I mean, until they invented Survivor Series that year, the only pay-per-view had been WrestleMania. So where would you have done it? I mean, you could have done it on a Saturday Night's Main Event. You know, that's a good point. They did tease that that feud was still going right. on. Right, if you watch the ones before Savage turns a full full-fledged face right and steamboat has that match with hercules remember that right and savage runs in at the end and everyone thinks there's this like glimmer of hope that he might actually help steamboat i mean but he elbow drops him yeah and they never fought again after that it's so weird and we were talking also about how they could have um at wrestlemania 4 last like had a rematch sometime in the tournament right another missed opportunity to do that and again, I don't know that that really would have gone over with that gambler, bloated cocaine crowd that was going on there. Well, I, still, I, I I think anybody, even people there knew what that match was. I don't know of it. that people there knew what the hell they were watching, a lot of them. Have you uh, heard those crowds? I mean... It's not that bad of a crowd. They they pop big for the Macho Man winning the title. But the only things I remember them popping for is that demolition. Even though demolition was heel, <laughs> remember that? Yeah, I love that match for no reason. Me like, too. It, it's just a nice little break in the action because everything is that tournament the whole time. I, I agree, and that is not you know a very easy WrestleMania to enjoy. No, I call it WrestleMania bore. I think Return I, of the Snore. Did you invent that? Yeah, uh, maybe. <laughs> no, probably not. So what would you have done? Okay, so you wanted to do Savage Steamboat. Primarily for that. Um, but, I mean, I think Steamboat would have just been a great champion in general because he could work. He certainly could work. Now, the story goes, everybody, that... And I don't know if this is true. I don't know if it's ever been verified or debunked. The story goes that Steamboat had asked for six weeks off, I believe, because his son, Baby Dragon had just been born. Right, you know, which the, the, Baby Dragon at WrestleMania yeah, 4. He's yeah, he's at the WrestleMania 4. And I think he's a wrestler now. He is. He, I think he WWE never had anything. him under some kind of developmental, but I, they released him a while ago. Yeah, it's been a long time. So apparently, again, this is the story, yeah. is that he uh, asked for some time off because of that. Vince was all pissed because he had this great reign planned out for him. And Which is what I wanted in the first yeah, place. Yeah, exactly. And then so he drops a title at this house show. I mean, the Superstars taping. Yeah. To the Hunky Tonk. It just Man. happened on regular TV, right? Yeah, and a three-minute match. There was chicanery, if I recall. Yeah, like the ref counted a one count for Steamboat, and then Honky reversed the pin and grabbed his tights, and then the ref, like, finished the count on... Yeah. It was a weird ending. It was probably to make Steamboat not look so shitty for yeah. losing to that... Pudgy well, piece so you could eventually bring it back. It was only supposed to be a six-week break. That's not like that long. I know, and I don't remember when he wound up coming back. But by the time he did, Savage was a face. What I don't get about that is why didn't they do an injury angle for Steamboat, like a little more drawn out, like they did the first time? Because well, then they would have had because su- they 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 could have just said, "Oh, is Larynx again?" and everyone would have panicked and like. You know what? That would have accomplished a couple of things. That would have accomplished. A, the, the sympathy for Steamboat and give him an excuse yeah. for the time off. But it also, you could have built a new heel that way. Right. Whether it's Any, honky or not. Yeah, you could. it could have been anybody. Uh, maybe Hercules. Hercules or one-man gang. I don't know. I'm just pulling names somebody, out of my yeah. ass. But, somebody, yeah. But let's say, yeah, let's say honky hits him in the throat with his guitar. Yeah, they're, they're just, there's a, a lot of options there to me. And I just don't understand why they couldn't just hold off. Yeah. Or something. Right. I mean, they used to be big back then about defending the title once a month. But, I mean, maybe if you say it's chicanery as to why he's injured, but it's not going to be long, Tunney can make, like, a two-week exception. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, I'm just saying, because if, yeah. if, if, like, he's hurt, like, in the wrong way or whatever, like, you know, Tunney, he's always for the faces anyway, so... <laughs> I don't you know. know what I mean? Was he? Was I think he just... Tony never seemed like he knew what he was doing. 
No, he didn't. You're right. You're right. But he would make a stupid ruling like that too. At the same time, he was the king. He also of banned stupid. reptiles <laughs> and all sorts of nonsense. He 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 banned uh, Rick Rude for making comments about Big Boss Man's mother. Yeah, because Bobby the Brain doesn't always do that either. Right. Well, isn't that how they wrote Rick Rude off the show? Yeah, that's he, he how. got banned from wrestling but for, for for making fun of someone's mom. Yeah, that's insane. And that so, doesn't even make any sense. It makes in wrestling. no sense. Like, yeah, they couldn't have come up with. Some, they should have just really buried Rude and be like, he did drugs. <laughs> no, like no. All they had to do is, I've seen the vignette on Superstars. It's not even a vignette. He comes and attacks, and they just said the attack was so vicious that we can't trust him in the building or whatever. Right. But back to Steamboat. Yeah, back to Steamboat. Back to Steamboat. Another thing they could have done was before they turned Jake face. Which was around the same time, earlier in 87, but yeah. They could have, or they, you know, I don't know. They could have found some way for them to rematch because there was so much stuff going on with that. Yeah. You know, like, I don't think people were were burned out or opposed yet to seeing baby faces face each other. In fact, it was seemingly like a whoa baby faces are facing each other thing like that was like kind of like a big deal like when the ultimate warrior faces hulk hogan like people ate that shit up yeah and this is before it so you could have done that too it was a rare thing though honestly for a a, a face versus face on that kind of level anyway. oh of course that yeah. was rare and there's just you know steamboat is just a worker champ so you could honestly yes, was that at the point, no, it probably wasn't yet. I was thinking, like, you could have had him face Brett in some matches when they were trying. Well, actually, you know, we are looking at this. Honky was the champion for, like, two years or whatever. <laughs> like, Very long time. This could have leaked over into when Brett was starting to get, like, a singles push, and it could have been a good launching pad. I guess it could have been. If, if they started him as heel, maybe he shakes his hand at the end of it or something, a good match or whatever. That would have been in 88, though, because Brett didn't even wind up starting his turn until WrestleMania 4. Right. I'm saying, yeah. I, you know? I don't know. I just, there's so much I feel like you could do with Steamboat, though, as far as just good matches. Maybe that's why I feel like it's a missed opportunity the most. Because of the work rate that we the, missed out the on. The work rate we missed out on. Because let's face it, as successful as he was, and I will obviously give him that, I don't care for him as a performer to watch on my screen, and that's my opinion. You can agree or disagree. Honky Tonk Man uh, drew money. He did draw he was money. Very successful. Yes, he did. But that guy is the drizzling shits in the <laughs> ring. I mean, oh, that guy awful. is a rubber band. It's amazing. He, he just lasted like, so long too. He just looks like my uncle's friend. You know, just <laughs> but you know, at like a cookout. I will say it always is a funny thing to me about Honky. Is I love that they never took that away from him. That he's the longest reigning Intercontinental. It's kind of like a funny footnote. I don't think, yeah, it is, and I don't think that'll ever be broken. The way they do title reigns these days, Quinn, I mean, I, I can't see them Yeah, well, ever. I mean, they did do a CM Punk, like, year and a half run a couple years ago. It was it was a year and... 400-something days, that, I think. Maybe a year and three months, yeah. Yeah, which, that, I mean... That's it, long for this era. Yeah, it's not impossible, and the Intercontinental title also, again, is not, like... They could hide it behind someone for two years if they really wanted to. Like they did when Dean Ambrose had the U.S. title. Remember yeah, that? He yeah, that exactly. That was so weird. But see, that wouldn't be the same to me because when Honky was a champion, he defended it all the freaking time. He did time. defend it. These days, someone wins a title, they don't even have him defend it for... Literally, it could be like weeks or months on TV. Well, the rate we're going right now, they gave Roman Reigns the U.S. title. He could be the U.S. champ for four years or Honestly, something because he never yeah. ever loses and, right. and th nobody's ever going to trust him again with the world title so no. <laughs> yeah <laughs> nor should they yeah ever i have. mean he sucked but besides the point again ricky steamboat there's just so much potential i think they could have there's probably people that we don't even know that could have been built up better because they faced him do you can you think of anyone in particular or um I think you could have feuded Rude with him when he first came in, too. Yeah, Rude came in in late 87, and so you figure, let's say Steamboat still has the yeah. title then. Sure, that would have worked. You could have done Rude. That guy might have even been able to drag some good matches out of, like, you know, one, one man gang. One man gang, as we said. I he think, was a decent worker. And I think Hercules would have been aided a lot because he started to fall down after WrestleMania three. really. He wasn't as big to me anymore. That's the end of me liking him. Right. But they could have had another feud where, you know, maybe hit... The great thing about Ricky Steamboat is he's such a sympathetic babyface. 
Absolutely. That if he got hit with the chain and got bled like the Billy Jack Haynes thing, it would have mm-hmm. been like the end of the world. That's true. Like, and it could have just been this great feud again. Or he hits him in the larynx with the chain, right? He hits him in the larynx with the chain. I mean, you, you, <laughs> it would have worked. The yeah. larynx thing, they could have kept bringing that up. And they like to true, do that. Because too. it was a notable angle and it definitely worked. It's how he won the title, right? It's how the he la- won the title. So it's like anytime somebody threatens the larynx, it's like, oh boy. I mean, if you put him in a freaking sleeper holder or chin lock, it could have been like the scariest thing in the world. <laughs> Speaking of sleeper holds, <laughs> we're going to take a quick break. And we'll be back right after this. Macho Man Randy Savage, Sarasota, Florida. Come on in. You're going to be defending against the Dragon, Ricky Steamboat. What's the cup for? WrestleMania 3, Pontiac, Michigan. Yeah, 90,000 plus people watching right there. And this is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat's cup of coffee in the big time. Yeah, cup of coffee in the big time because you'll never get closer than now. I am the Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion and I will remain the Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion because I am ready. Cup of coffee, man. Yeah. Man! Wow, man, freak out! Best wishes for this and all your mornings from Folgers. And welcome back to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Before we move on to our next segment, I want to send out a big thank you to my longtime internet friend Mike Fireball for our new logo, which debuted here on episode six. So thank you, Mike Fireball, very much for that logo. Yeah, thanks, Mike. That really was really appreciate that. A great job. Absolutely. Bang up job. Bang what a jam up guy. Yeah. You're a jam up guy. <laughs> so we're gonna move on to our next segment, Quinn. You know what this is. This is overrated. I'm gonna tell you something that I think is overrated. Here and you know go. what? This might be a bit of a controversial one, I'm not sure, but I'm just going to throw it out there, Quinn, and I will tell you why. Okay. The Attitude Era. What? Yeah, but I'm going to explain why, okay? Okay. Now, folks. I'll hear you out. Thank you. Quick, this is no WrestleMania 9, at least, okay? Yeah. No, 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 no. (laughs) Quick background here. The Attitude Era, if you don't know, which you probably do, because most people do, that watch wrestling in some capacity. It's probably the most heralded era. It is, and it was really a time. It, it, it brought wrestling to the mainstream, to the hi- to pop culture, heights that it had never seen since and the Hogan really, era. Yeah, you can't deny that. I would say the heights were higher than the Hogan era. And they, I'm sure they were. It probably I made more money. I don't know if that money. was due to inflation, but... Yeah, but even so, relative. I mean, it probably made more money. It was all over for a good year to two years, maybe. 98 to about 2000, it was really a big deal. Here's what I think is overrated about it. Okay. As much as it was fun to watch at the time. Yeah. It totally was. It was must-see TV. There was some great storytelling. It was very fun. I can't remember ever... Like wanting to miss an episode, like oh, absolutely. It was it was to a point where I would get annoyed if I was going to not be able to watch it live. Totally, I'm with you. The stakes were high. Everything were, was high. Yeah. They were competing with WCW. The ratings were through the roof. I mean, the, they were getting fives, right? They were getting five sixes sometimes. I mean, it was up there. That's before they were beating WCW, right? That the, was the when they were beating WCW, yeah. was when they were in the fives That's what sixes. I mean. I, yeah. I'm sorry, I, I misspoke, but It was yes. right after WrestleMania 14, they started to really gain their momentum. The Austin era, Austin just captivated the generation, I'd say. Yeah. He really caught on. So did Goldberg in his way on the yeah, WCW Goldberg, end. Yeah, I mean, that's another highly rated up. They beat Raw, and that was in a time when they were getting five, so. Yep. Here's the thing. You and I watched every WWF pay-per-view starting with December 96 in your house. Up yes. to right before the Royal Rumble 99. Recently, rather recently. Yeah, not yeah. that long ago. Yeah. And here's what I remembered about that, is after SummerSlam 98, uh-huh. everything takes a dive in terms of cohesiveness, storylines that make sense. Russo, I don't know what happened. Maybe Vince gave Russo more f- Probably let let the leash off a little bit. But stuff started to make a lot less sense. There was a lot more swerves. There was a lot more frequent title changes. Yeah. And a lot less respect. 
not that you always need it, but a lot less respect for some of the tradition of wrestling. Would you say that part of that was on purpose, the less respect, because it was the Attitude Era? Absolutely, but that doesn't mean that I, as a fan, even at the time in 99, I was kind of tired of having a new... Yeah, I mean, I remember you telling me that. Yeah, Quinn knows it, because we knew each other back then. Of having a new Intercontinental Champion every week. The Intercontinental title thing was disappointing. A I new tag t- tag champions every week. Yeah. Brought, the, world, the world title was less frequent. It was less frequent, but there was still a lot of world title changes, honestly. You're right. No, you're absolutely Mankind correct. Mankind won one of his world titles by pinning the rock with a forklift. Now, that was fun at the time. I'm not going to say it wasn't. No, it was good. It was just, I, I see what you say about the respect, but was it a time for respect? Was it, it one okay, of those time right. periods where... It can be forgiven because of what's going on. It can be forgiven for what's going on. Now, people might um, look at me and think I'm crazy for saying the Attitude Era is overrated. I don't mean the entire era and what it represented as a whole. I'm really talking about when it started to lose that sense of cohesiveness, which was late 98. All of 99, I could never watch again and I'd be fine. I'm really uh, yeah. not a fan of 1999. I do agree. Um, I do also agree that a lot of 98 is not as rewatchable, or it doesn't give me the feeling that I get when I watch a WrestleMania 8 or, sure. you know, or a WrestleMania 6 or something like that. And you had mentioned recently how WrestleMania 14 was a bit overrated, in your opinion. I thought it was overrated, be- and a lot of that, to me, personally, comes from the fact that, like I said... That starts to be the point when WrestleMania isn't as big anymore. I mean, they came back to that at seventeen full, full hog. Like they were like, okay, WrestleMania is very important again. Seventeen but, was one of the the big ones for that, right? But I just that I agree with you on the importance right. and tradition thing is right. gone. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of the stories were compelling. I think that the Austin, again, the initial run of Austin from when he won the title, even before at WrestleMania 14, up until when he got screwed out of the title, not by not in the Kane match at King of the Ring, but in September when like Undertaker and Kane both pinned him or something. Yes, I actually when, recently watched part of that. Myth. It's not good in my no. opinion. That whole now I I like the Survivor Series '98 storyline. That might be one of the best things I, Vince Russo okay. ever did. The the Deadly Game tournament is definitely one of my favorite things. It's one of the only times that I purchased a WWE VHS tape at that like juncture. Right. Because back then I was getting VHS tapes like of the old old stuff. Sure, cuz that's fun. Right, and it was more rewatchable. I just felt like it was few and far between. Also the King of the Ring 98's great. King of the Ring 98 is, is, ha, definitely has uh, the Hell in the Cell match, a, a very interesting Kane versus Austin match because Austin yeah. loses. Yeah. And the tournament's okay. Yeah. It's not bad. Now, the problem with the Attitude Area that I have in 99 specifically is there are almost zero really good wrestling matches. And I'm a guy, you know me, Quinn. I like a good wrestling You're match. You're a work rate guy. I, I get it. To and an extent. To be fair, the industry wasn't producing great work rate from hatches i mean it's not like wcw was lighting it up in the work rate area but that was a reaction to wwf and trying to compete with them that's true because wcw was always about the work rate until they had to compete exactly especially they sacrificed the work rate to compete especially once they got russo oh yeah yeah (laughs) then their work rate and all uh, went out the window there was was no work right exactly so wwe was even competing with that technically yeah in a sense what I do like about the Attitude Era, even though it's not so much thought of as the Attitude Era the way maybe I think of it, is 2000 is awesome. I like 2000. Um, I think it's a weak WrestleMania, and that's what people, you know, look to. And it was Austinless for most of the year, but yeah. they did fine. But to me, it's also, I'm not the biggest fan of Triple H. Me neither. But 99, 2000 Triple H, I love that version. Right up until that first quad injury in 01. Right after WrestleMania, that- he also has a great match with um, the Undertaker at WrestleMania 17. He does, and that was the apex, or maybe the the 
the finale, if you will, of that classic Triple right. H heel character. I agree with you. I totally agree with you. Then he came back as this bloated face in 02. Oh, that was so stupid. And wasn't there something involving a dog that got yes, run over? in that yeah. feud with Jericho in 02. Yeah. That's where I was turned off by Triple H. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just... I get you. I totally get you on the importance being gone. I don't like that. There's I, a big lack of respect for certain things, and again, you don't always need to hold to traditions and stuff like that. I know that. But when Raw matches were literally, sometimes you would have a title change that was 90 seconds long. Yeah. Wrestling went out the window. I mean, we're talking about Vince Russo. This is a guy, and this is a real thing. In WCW, he truly wanted to get rid of the ring. <laughs> is that real? That's what I've heard is from, what, just from multiple ECW sources. backstage fighting or something? Yeah, I mean, WCW even did a video game where there was no ring. Yeah, backstage no, assault or something. Yeah, no like one that. bought it. You <laughs> didn't have it, did you? No, I didn't have it. That's good. I actually saw the Giant Bomb guys talking about that recently. Really? Or something? Yeah, because somebody said, "Is there a game that was just this?" Because they were playing a backstage fight. And oh, like, there is. Like they tried that, and I couldn't remember. I thought they were there was a WWF game like that, but no, you're saying it was a WCW. It was WCW. Game. So again, don't get me wrong. As a 13, 14 year old fan, I did eat up a lot of the shit that they were serving up. Oh, it was it was good. Um, I will say. I still feel like the work rate talking about like 97 that remember how we were talking about that pre attitude attitude era. Yeah. Like late 96 into 97. I still think that was there. I think a lot of it went out the door too, with Bret Hart being gone and Shawn Michaels. If you don't have those two as your anchors, where, where does the work rate go from them? And Austin at the same time is not, he he can't perform the same way he used to. That's true. The rock could perform. In 98, 99, 2000, absolutely. When he wanted to. He was one of the best things to watch. And the work rate really didn't go up, coincidentally, until we get to late 99. Late 99, yeah. Well, A, Russo's gone. They bring in Chris Kresge, who storyboarded everything, and everything made sense. I know. You've mentioned a lot about Chris Kresge. Chris Kresge, not in this show, but in the past. Yeah. Chris Kresge, I know, is a writer favorite of yours. Absolutely, because he did most of 2000. I think it was... September or November when Stephanie took over creative. Yeah. And that's why 2000 to me is such a... I mean, Rikishi was over for crying out loud. Yo, that Rikishi... Triple H match? That that Triple H match. I remember us talking on AIM about that while it was happening. (laughs) I remember remember being literally on a swivel chair, and I had my big-ass Sony Bravia on the other side, (laughs) and my big-ass... PC like old school one that, CRT monitor and everything. That I or think no? my, yeah, that I think my mom got off QVC for me or something. Nice. And uh, I remember swiveling back to tell you about how good this was. And oh, I, yeah. I moved my head. You heard me go away from the mic. I, that, I was kind of like feeling it for a second, but <laughs> yeah, that was a huge match. And that was SmackDown, I believe, too. It was the early days of SmackDown. Yep. And I remember they were that those early days of SmackDown. They were really pushing. There was good matches. Well, you had Jericho. Yeah. You had Lord Voldemort. Yeah, it's Lord Voldemort. I'm not telling you who that is. You can yeah. look it up. You had Dean Malenko. Right. You had um, Eddie Guerrero. Yep. You had a lot of good work rate going on. Yeah. I also remember another good moment of that later Attitude Era where the wrestling started picking up. And you know what? I'm not going to call it the wrestling wrestling, but like, you know, just that storytelling in a match kind of wrestling. What's that? I love the Jericho versus Triple H when he like kind he fake oh, yeah. beats him or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, but in the whole 2000. the whole match itself, I remember being near falls and like oh, just God, great. Yeah. Didn't and, that open the show? Yes, and I remember the crowd hanging on every single pinfall attempt on Hell Triple H. Yeah, and when Jericho quote unquote won the yeah. title, that was one of the biggest pops in oh, a long absolutely. time. Absolutely, that was awesome. And then of course something to do with Earl Durrell. No, it was... If, it, if you don't no, hurt me I'm anymore. I'm not saying it wasn't to do with but Earl that was Earl. that was the thing, it right? It was they threatened him. Because he did make a fast count. It wasn't he, fast. It was fast. It was slightly... It wasn't discernible. Folks, look it up. It was a fast count. I don't think it was a fast count. No, it was. I don't think that was what the story was supposed to be. No, though. it was. That's Are that you was sure? that was Triple H's reasoning. No, that was Triple H's rationale as the heel. But the fans, all they saw, especially me at the time, was he just freaking pinned him. I'm pretty sure it was a fast count. And then Earl's like, "I'll reverse the decision if 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 you don't hurt me anymore." <laughs> yes. Fuck you, Earl Hebner. <laughs> 
So that's my thoughts on the Attitude Era. It was a fun, super fun, engaging, yeah, captivating, must-see TV time to be a fan. No doubt about it. Yeah, no doubt. Rewatchability, especially Mm. from like late 98 to the beginning of 2000, is almost non-existent for me. No. And that's where, where I think it's overrated. It had its time and place. Whereas, whereas I could go back and watch, and you know this, Quinn. We share our network account. I'll rewatch a random freaking MSG show from 1991 or, or 1989 because it's just simpler times and it's easy. And you've yeah, got, you, you know, can, it's an easier sift through the show kind of right. thing. Right. Yeah. But I can. I would not want to watch. You know. Armageddon 99 or something like that, for example. No, and the other thing is you can't remember what the hell happened at Armageddon No, and nor do I really care. You know, it had its time and place, so as much as I did watch it, you know, and I ate it up at the time, there were a lot of things I didn't like, and you you know that. Yeah. So to me, that's what makes it overrated, Um, and that's kind of, that's all I wanted to say about that. We can... uh, Flip to you, Quinn. Quinn's going to tell me something that's quite the opposite. He's going to tell me something that is underrated. Okay, this one I think is interesting because this person was inducted in the Hall of Fame, but I don't think they get the respect they really deserve. Pete Rose. No. Okay. Actual wrestling person. William the Refrigerator Perry. No. Okay. Sorry, I'm all out of ideas. (laughs) It's a she. She? The sensational Sherry. Oh, hell yeah. I love Sherry. I'm with you 100%. Yeah, it's it's kind of baffling to me how she's really never mentioned anymore as, like, they have this whole women's revolution. Revolution. And the sensational Sherry is, to me, the original femme fatale of wrestling. I love Sherry Martell. Right. Absolutely. comes in as a wrestler, which I love that aspect of character building because yep. in a time where women's wrestling wasn't a big deal no it wasn't to have her come in as a wrestler first she beat Moolah you know. she beat Moolah yep she seemed like a legitimate threat to be honest with absolutely. you absolutely and that's what I loved about her and then to go to managing and the roster of people she oh managed oh my she manages the macho man and, she, in. and the way they did that is she became... How, how have you always described it, Quinn? She's the evil Miss Elizabeth. She's like the antithesis of Miss Everything Elizabeth. about her is the exact opposite. She's mean. She's mean. She's got the makeup that... They're trying to ugly her up. But she's pretty She in is life. kind of pretty, yeah. yeah. So it, does, it doesn't work entirely, but she got really crazy with the makeup later. Oh, yeah. But the whole idea is that she's not Miss Elizabeth. That's she's, what I love about she's it. She's physically aggressive. She gets involved. She, yeah, uh, her outfits even are more like risque. Like she's showing leg and you know this and that. But she's also at the same time, it's almost like this trashy girl's trying to be classy. Right. Like she she'll come with the gloves like Miss Elizabeth and right. all this and all this silliness. But you can tell there's just like it's almost like a 1980s hooker look to her. At the same time, you ever notice that? I have. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. And then. From Savage, she moved right on to DiBiase. But oh, let, sorry, go, let's, let's go ahead. Let's before we go to DiBiase, the way that's done on top of that brilliantly, and all the build up too is great. Is the whole her begging for a title shot from the Ultimate Warrior on her knees? She, by the way, on her knees in like a, I won't say on this show, but uh, a suggestive position to the Ultimate Warrior. I don't know what <laughs> she was suggesting. Yeah. Suggestive position to the Ultimate Warrior on her knees in front of him. Um, she begs him. Warrior says no. And then that leads to our favorite run-in with the Macho Man costing him the title. The and Rumble go- 91, yeah. Going into WrestleMania 7. And as soon as the Macho Man loses his career... What does she do? She turns on him. Yeah. Because all she is there for is to use people. Exactly. And that's her character as it moves forward. And here's another little tidbit. When she moves to DiBiase, and I love this little thing that she does. When she manages Ted DiBiase, they start the gimmick that Ted DiBiase, you know, as per usual, he would ask for Virgil before to give him the money so he could stick the money in the mouth. But now Virgil's gone. Now Virgil's gone and Sensational Sherry's in that place. 
And I just said sensational Sherry is somebody that uses people, right? Yep. But DiBiase doesn't care about this because he's also a complete asshole. Yeah, exactly. So, what does he care? Yeah. So he would ask for the money from Sensational Sherry. So the first thing she does, she brings in her hooker aspect. She pulls it out of her boob. Her, right her, out. Her, yep. her boobs, right? Her, her tatas. Her tatas. She pulls it out of her bra. She hands him a $100 bill. He sticks it in the mouth. Yep. But here is my favorite part. While he's gloating and looking at the crowd behind his back, Every time she would take the money out of the mouth ma- of, of the the guy's mouth and then put it back into her bra, she's pocketing all the money. Brilliant, that, and and it's just it plays right into the sensational Sherry, like everything about that character. Absolutely, and I think these are like overlooked things, like people don't talk about like the subtleties of sensational Sherry. Right, and then I'll tell you, the way they did her next management with michaels was perfect it's perfect yes you know and it's perfect because it's the opposite she gets lulled in right she's used by sean michaels yep and she will do anything for him which is something she never had she even has to ask ted dibiase yes to leave and he and gives, he, and he he gives her, her his blessing he gives her his blessing because of course he's going to another heel she's going to another heel exactly all the subtleties right yep Shawn Michaels very noticeably does not give a shit about her. He could care less about no, her. No, not at all. And it's great because Sensational Sherry is just, and it's long, it's a long-term thing, and she's just so enamored, like, she doesn't even care. She sung his theme music. She sings his theme music, and that's another thing. I mean, people probably don't know, a lot of people don't know this, but the, the words to Shawn Michaels' music that he would sing later on and for years to come, Sensational Sherry's the one who sang them originally. That's right. She's Which like, is always weird to me because they don't make any sense if a woman's not singing it. I know. Well, they, they <laughs> whatever. But anyway, um, so at the end of this, the reason why this all works so perfectly is because at the end of this, the reason this this all breaks down for Sensational Sherry is because the the mirror goes in her face and shatters when Marty Janetti comes and yep, you know, gets and his Sean revenge on Sean. Her in front of it, he too. pulls her in front of it, and it's almost reminiscent of when he put Marty. 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 No, Marty threw the glass. Very interesting she, mirror, Marty. Yeah. The glass is shattered on Sensational Sherry. That's very poetic, Quinn. And then she has a horrible thing where she's like a face and she looks like Pocahontas. And she's oh, that was with Tatanka. Tatanka. Yeah. And then she feuds with Luna. Which is Raw. the stuff to me that makes her look old. And fat. And no offense to her, you know, honestly. No, and it, it, I just, it just I don't wasn't li- good. It's not flattering, let's put it that way. But then in WCW... This is, I love. She comes in, and you know what I like about when she comes in? Guess the first person she manages is the perfect fit. Absolutely. Ric Flair. Ric Flair as sensuous Sherry. And I love how she does it, too. She lulls Sting for months, yep. and she says... You know, I'm going to be with Sting. I'm going to be a big... And the carryover from WWF, too, because she was a face before. Yeah, she had last minute... Well, ECW, she was a heel, right? Right, but you weren't really supposed to know about that. And she's great in ECW, by the way. Remember I showed you some promos? Oh, absolutely. With Shane Douglas? She's fantastic. Yep, she's really good. But she comes into WCW, and most of the mainstream, you know, is they only know the sensational Sherry that they probably saw in 93. Yeah, right. So she comes in, you know, pretending to be a face. All enamored with Sting and, and stuff. And I love this because she gets herself all dressed up to, um, to like, manage Sting. And then she turns on him in his big match with Ric Flair. And the best part is in this, like, she looks so silly. She's, like, all dressed up. And she just proceeds to beat the shit out of Sting. And she jumps off the top rope in, like, a dress. That's like, awesome. Yeah, I know. That happens. That's I real. I love it. I love it. It's so, like, and again, it's that femme fatale thing. It's like, I'm going to look pretty, but I can really kick I'm your ass. kick your ass. And then right. she became a manager of Harlem Heat. And this one, that I love. that, And that's kind of the end of her career. Yeah. And I, I still, again, I love the whole, it's it's great. It's the, uh, she takes off all the makeup. She's now, like, she's not hiding it anymore. She's, she's just a badass. Sister Sherry. She's Sister Sherry. Sister Sherry. Right. She was awesome, Sherry right. Martell. I loved that they put her in the Hall of Fame. Right. I love the speech that she gave. Yeah. And it's very sad that she's no longer around. And, yes, I know an underrated wouldn't usually be in the Hall of Fame, but this is one of those Hall of Fame people that's not really 
appreciated she's as much, not especially for the subtleties that i said she is literally and i say this folks without exaggeration without hyperbole one of my favorite wrestling personalities ever yes i really i agree I, like, seek stuff out with her because it's just interesting. She's fantastic. She would sell anything. She would do anything. She would make herself look stupid. Yeah. She didn't have an ego about any of it. She She was willing to go just—the heels—the faces could do anything to her. She could talk. She could wrestle. She even co-hosted Quinn. I don't know if you know this one. She um, (laughs) co-hosted WWF Spotlight with— Ian Hi, Mooney. everybody, I'm Ian Mooney. I know this, yes. As the ma- macho queen. Yeah. Yeah. As the sensational queen, a Sherry, sin- actually. Sister sensational queen, Sherry. What did Brother Love call her? Sister queen! Sister queen! Sister and sometimes he calls her sister queen sensational. Yeah. Like all, like all this silliness. Brother snake! I love her whole thing with Brother Love, too. Yeah. It's so weird that it works. Yep. It's like, look at these two idiots that yeah. put a bunch of makeup on their face together and they look so silly, but they both think they are like the greatest thing in the world. And they like, <laughs> like it's amazing. Brother I, Love really thinks she's the most beautiful woman that ever existed. Like, it's yeah, so I funny. I love it, uh, SummerSlam 90, where Sherry's got like this cat makeup on, this like <laughs> silver cat makeup, and she's supposed to fight Sapphire, remember? Well, it's funny because. You would think she would have wrestling trunks on, but she comes to the ring for this match in high heels. She's like a silver surfer. High heels and a dress with dress like a cat. Like a cat. Yeah, and it, it and I'm like, I every time I see it, I'm like, why did anyone think she was supposed to have a match with Sapphire? And she has a great line at that, which <laughs> I'm gonna say, if I can find it, I'll throw it in I'm in post. But okay. where Gene Okerlund's talking about how Sapphire is missing, remember? She okay. was missing and everyone's yeah, looking yeah. for her. And Okerlund says something to the effect of, you know, how it's not funny to joke about a missing person. Yeah. And Sherry, she says, I, I said, said she, was, she missing. was missing. I never I said, said anything, anything about, about her, her being, being a person. person. <laughs> and it's just like, she, just you know the so way Sherry she, talks. And you know she just thought that up on, on of the top course. of her head because she's uh, just awesome. She had a great voice. Another thing. Go ahead. Another sensational Sherry moment. Yep. The ridiculous promo with the cage and Zeus and the Macho Man, and she's climbing this cage, and she's, where am I? Like, you're not going to find me. And she's, like, coming from the side of the screen. Now I'm, like, coming from the side of the mic. That is, like, (laughs) an advertisement, that promo for cocaine. It's an advertisement to not take cocaine. Right. I saw recently, Quinn, you can find it because it's still on YouTube now. I just watched it the other day. I happened upon it. Sherry Martell, you know, Sherry, yeah. 89 on Arsenio. Cause you know how I you, saw that, too. You've seen that? I saw it, like, on a watch this. Maybe you had watched it on the YouTube That's account. probably what it yeah. is. He used to have a lot of wrestlers on, and yeah. he had Sherry on during the Zeus era. She is so good. She's Just so, so good. talented. She's so confident. And she's on national television, which is a change for her. Yeah, mainstream. She's you know? toned down a l- slightly, I think, when I watched the clip. Intentionally, I'm sure. But she's still like she does. She thinks she's the star of the show. She's fantastic. Yeah, she's just overall a great personality, a great manager, and just like underappreciated for what she is. Absolutely, could not agree more. I am a big fan of Sherry Martell. Yeah, sensational Sherry, sensational Queen Sherry, sensuous sh- sister Sherry. I think the only down part, just to really because it's the end of her career, is that whole Colonel Rob Parker, Parker thing. That Although, sucked. the wedding episode, she does make that work because it's super funny, and Colonel Parker's actually plays it up really well, but it's kind of a sad way to end it because they kind of just abandon her because she's just lost. <laughs> I know. The thing is, is that Sherry pretty much made everything work that they ever gave her. Yes. In either promotion. Exactly. She could even make that Colonel Parker thing Absolutely. work to an effect. Mean Gene's really funny during that, too, by Mean the way. Gene's always yeah. funny. I love Mean Gene. Yeah. And and Colonel Parker, give him credit. I mean, he was, he was good. He was a talented guy. He was a funny guy. I think, guy. yeah, Colonel Parker, he could be another underrated he, he topic. He was fun, yeah. Yeah, he's pretty fun. Not as Tennessee Lee, but as Colonel Parker. I don't know what they were thinking. I think they just got him to prove to WCW, like, hey, we got this guy. Yeah, yeah exactly. They gave him the stupid name. Why did Jeff Jarrett revert to his, like, light-up jacket cowboy gimmick? It was weird, gimmick? and it was brief. 
it was brief, and then finally after that, he cuts his hair and he's like, he's like, I actually short hair Jeff Jarrett. I actually Jarrett. like the initial short hair Jeff Jarrett with Owen Hart, the tag team. I like Jeff and Owen as a tag team. Yeah, I don't like. I, I don't want to be too strong here. I don't hate Jeff Jarrett. I don't think I don't, he's a bad guy. I, I think, think he's, he's just a. Uh, He's not as talented as he likes to portray himself as. Like Triple H. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's the TNA or WCW version of Triple H. Except he doesn't have the WWE machine to, you know, lighten up his failures. Despite all his rage, he's still just a rat (laughs) in a cage. We'll be back right after this. This lady is the meanest, the roughest, the cutest, the most beautiful. I know you all want me. Sherry Martell. She was a wild woman, a hellcat. Sherry Martell, a very beautiful lady, but anything but nice inside that ring. I think the fact that Sherry was a great female wrestler made her that much better as a manager. Sherry was probably one of the first. You actually had a woman who was a force. You know, sensational Sherry always gets what she wants. She was the ultimate bad girl. I really liked Sherry because she could get in there and mix it up just like the guys could. Sherry could scream, Sherry could yell, and even more importantly, she could back it all up. I don't like you, and I don't care if you don't like me. Sherry always wanted it to be the best it could be. She's right up there with the best I'd give her a 10. She's always supportive, she's always there. You can count on her. The best manager that a guy can have in this industry. Welcome back to Our Vantage Point, the retro wrestling podcast. It has flown by once again, and it's already time, Quinn, for our final segment. Let's do it. These things just aren't long enough. I wish we can get more time from our sponsors. I wish we could get more airtime. I don't know how we only have an hour. we got to re- renegotiate our contract or we something. We might need an extra half an hour or something. One of these days, we're going to get upgraded in 90 minutes. We'll talk We'll talk to Lord Alfred about we'll this. We'll talk to him. Yeah. So this is our final segment. This is the then and now. I'll explain it as I always do. This is where... When you're a fan for as long as we've been, which is over 20 years each. A long time. That's why we have over 40 years of combined fandom. Right. Your perspective can change. Maybe the way you've perceived things as a kid, you know, a 10-year-old, a 12-year-old, whatever, versus now, which we're in our early 30s. Right. So back when I started watching, which was the summer of 1994... Which you've mentioned many times. I've mentioned, and I (laughs) will continue to, just so people know where I'm coming from. I used to watch WWF Superstars all the time. I believe you did as well, Quinn. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think I said that in one of the episodes. I yeah. it used to be part of my routine. I'd watch Superstars every morning. We would get on Fox here in, in New Jersey, Fox Five and Fox Twenty Nine, which yeah, I the had. Philadelphia version too. Yeah, we, I got it at my dad's, but not my mom's. Right, he was I, more south. Yeah, I got I got both because of where I lived. I got Five and Twenty Nine. Anyway, that is besides the point. My my then and now is my perception of WWF superstars, believe it or not. Huh. And I'll, I'll explain that to you. When now, I was before we start, yeah, go ahead. Here. Go ahead. are you talking about the superstars before it was relevant? I'm like, talking, I'm talking about after it was relevant. I mean, I'm talking about in general the syndicated version, so not the USA version that started in '96. Okay, not the superstars. No, <laughs> not that. The syndicated one-hour, like, uh, Fox, we got it on Fox, wherever you got it, folks, I don't know. Okay. The show that was on from 86 onward, right? Right. When I started watching, Raw was already a thing. Raw wasn't good, by the way, but... No, I mean, Raw was a lot like superstars at the beginning. Right. Now, here's, here's where my perspective changed. When I watched it, again, I'm 10 years old, whatever, 9, 11. Yeah. Um, that seemed like such a big deal to me. I had no concept that this was just pre-taped weeks in the can are- yeah. arena exactly. stuff yeah. Yeah. in front of a dead crowd with right. audio sweetening and all that. I didn't know that. I didn't either. To me, seeing Man Mountain Rock, you know, and Aldo Mantoya and Mantar. Yeah, it felt like it was a feature for new superstars right. or, you know, to see 
you know, some established guys like beat the junk out of some jobbers. Beat the junk right out of those yeah. jobbers. <laughs> By the way, as you know, jobbers are important. They are. So looking back, and you and I have watched some of the earlier ones from the earlier 90s. Which I adore. I adore I, them too. I love them. No yeah. doubt. But looking back now, having the knowledge that we do as A, wrestling fans, to just being adults, you know, and right, not being ten-year-old yeah. kids that are huge marks for this stuff, and also <laughs> the 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 little bit of limited knowledge that I have on audio production and video and and all that stuff, you can see and marketing because of my job, you can see how that show is is designed to be oh, yeah. a giant shill for the product. It's a market. It's I an think, infomercial. I think shill is a strong word. It's an I infomercial. Th- I I think that it highlights the product actually, and I I'm glad you brought this up. One thing I love about the production values of back then, and they're just starting to bring this back, and you may not notice it. I love the idea of the match as a package, meaning that it's it's done in such a way where they wrestle for a little bit and only like a five six minute match or whatever. But I like. And this is something WCW did a very good job of, and WWE. It's that the match can be packaged in a replay, where you can show three highlight clips, closed off with the special move at the end, nice little bow around it, and it, it looks fantastic. That's true. I can't argue that point. I guess what I'm trying to get at is when I was a kid, to me... 12 o'clock on a Saturday, I think it came on, or 2 o'clock. Yeah. That was big time, like, this is a big deal wrestling. Oh, yeah. I mean, as a right? kid, it was. It seemed like, you know, these guys are performing. I thought it was live. I'm not kidding. So did I. I, I had I was no like, idea. I was like, this is cool that there's guys in an arena at, like, 11 in the morning or whatever. Like, Right. <laughs> and now, looking back, it's, like, so overly produced. The announcers are in front of green screens, the commentary oh, yeah. is done in post. The right. crowd noise is all sweetened. Do you so, not find a charm to that, though, a little no, bit? I do find a charm. So I'm not putting it down. I love that stuff. Yeah, you yeah. know, I do. I love it, yeah, and I will I, watch I, it. I do find a bit of a charm to it. Oh, hell yeah. I'll watch that stuff. Yeah. Believe no me. No doubt about it. I'll watch a random superstars from any year, 86 to 96. I'll right, watch it. Right, I yeah. don't care. I'm just saying my, perspect- my perspective and my perception as a 10-year-old I was clueless to the fact that this was all just one big shill. To, it oh, was. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's totally advertising for the pay-per-view or Raw or something. Right. Um, another thing, though, a little aside to all that, one thing I did always like was the uh, attention to detail as far as when the thing would air. Like, for example, I always loved the fact that back then, if there was a pay-per-view on Sunday, and this, you know, when Superstars was on Sunday, or... On WCW, if on Saturday night, sometimes the pay-per-views or were on Pro, Saturday night. Or, or WCW Pro, Pro or Worldwide. They would mention, even if a wrestler was on that pre-taped thing, they'd be like, oh, let's hope he's, later re- tonight, let's yeah. hope, hope he's ready for later tonight or something like that. I used to love that stuff. Yeah, because they would do the commentary in post. So they would do it a lot closer to do the Do you remember when we got the special, um, when WCW Saturday night was on? And if there was a pay-per-view on Saturday night, that the actual Saturday night show would lead into the pay-per-view because the pay-per-view was on at 8 and I do Saturday night that. was on 6. And I, I liked it. I love that. And yep. occasionally they would do them at the pay-per-view. Like they would. the arena. They would. I remember them doing that. I think they did it for Hog Wild 96. I want to say World War Three, Like the first one. I remember that specifically because I remember it being an awesome ad for the fact that there was three rings for the first time. And I thought... I was, like, amazed to be, like, I was, like, this is, like, a privilege to be watching this right now because I'd never seen Three Rings. And the best part, I think I actually was able to convince my dad to order World War Three. Oh, God, you had the, him waste 30 bucks on that The first crap. one. That's the one where Savage won the title, right? Yeah, I loved it. Well, I love Savage. Well, I just love the idea of Three Rings. It just, as a kid, it's, like, more is better, you know? Like, it's like, this is crazy. This is the Royal Rumble times three. See, that in itself could be a then and now, because yeah. I I'm, I agree with you at the time. Yeah. Looking back, it's fucking... T- it's chaos. It's 40 jobbers. Yeah. Like, you don't need to see Joey Mags trying to win the world title or whoever right. the hell. Well, after that, Jim I don't Powers. think... I think only the first one was for the world title, right? 
nevertheless. Right. You get where I'm coming well, from. Well, it was like, to me, the first one was like the ultimate Royal Rumble. Like it That was, was like, like their version of Rumble 92. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, there were 60 men, not that any 60 of them And it was a win, battle but... royal rather than a, a Royal Rumble. Correct. So... How did it work where it was down to 20 men? It would all they condense have to, to one the, the ring. The refs would wrangle them up into one ring, and you would be eliminated if you were still hanging around in the other one. It's a unique concept. I'll give them that. Yeah. I didn't like it. Uh, it's the War Games concept expanded. but I guess so, yeah. yeah. I did like that Savage won. Yeah, I did that like was Savage cool. won, because that was the first time he won the world title in WCW. Correct. And he only won it one other time, I think, in 98 or something. Or did he have it in 99? He Woody might have had like, it as new Macho Man, like short hair, short mesh hair with shirt. the with the girls or whatever. Yeah, yeah. with gorgeous George yeah. and Mona and uh, Medusa. Yeah. So back to the syndicated stuff. Superstar. We've mentioned the syndicated shows, folks. Superstars was the one that I watched the most. I did get challenged for a little bit, but it was in its dying days in '95, so I didn't yeah. see much challenge when it was new. We had Action Zone. Action Zone, I liked. I liked both versions. Now, Action Zone was more of a primetime kind of show. They would throw to matches. In the initial version of Action Zone, which was about maybe the first year-ish, 94 to 95, I remember when Action Zone was new, it replaced All-American Wrestling. Yeah. So I remember seeing the first episode of Action Zone. It had a Bret Hart versus Owen Hart rematch from SummerSlam. Okay. Which is a good match. It's not their best. But anyway, Action Zone originally had quote-unquote exclusive matches which really just means tapings that they things that they had left over basically a bunch of junk essentially yeah but that wasn't good enough to make it to superstars (laughs) even but they did um start in in later 95 as i posted on twitter recently as you and i call the glass table era the glass table era with todd and doc yeah that was like their version of prime time now you know Action Zone brings me to another one that okay. I'd like to bring up sure. that I think is actually pretty innovative for the time. And there is one episode that is just the best thing ever. I know where you're going. Go ahead. Livewire. Livewire was a very unique concept. Now, I wish I could remember the date on the Livewire that's the good one. I, I think it's still a 96. Whatever the case may be, it's an episode of Livewire where we were getting to the point where Vince was being acknowledged as the owner. Very clearly on that episode, right. especially. And I think it was during the era of JR turning heel thing. He was heel. The best part of that whole episode, though, is, of course, Vince Russo as Vic Venom. As Vic Venom, is, yes. Guys, and it's it's a really crazy sucks. kind of thing because it feels very real. Vic Venom is basically taking a dump on the WWE as, the, as a product. Vince is answering live questions on the phone from real fans, and they're bringing up WCW and stuff. And this is before, because Livewire eventually, and unfortunately, but I get it, turned into a more of a worked show yeah. where they would heavily screen the call-ins. But that era, it wasn't It was like yet. the first couple episodes. Yeah. And it is, it is one of the most fascinating hours. Of, it's chaotic. It's insane. You've got Doc Hendricks is on there. You've got Jim Cornette, Sonny. Vic Vince. Venom and Vince. <laughs> Vic Venom, Vince Russo, I'll give him props. And I know it was a worked shoot. I he know, pushes the yeah. shit out of Vince. And he, I know he had the permission to. Yes, or else he that, did. That shit never would have happened. I mean, you could tell he was like, hey, pal, just ask me the hard yeah. questions. But like, Vince was trying to get edgier. Right. It worked. Because that episode, folks, if you can find it on YouTube, just look one up of the, the mo- one where Vince is on Livewire. Yeah, it's one of the most entertaining Bits. I mean, my favorite part is also Vince Russo arguing with Jim Cornette. That is my best, because I agree with Russo 100% there. <laughs> he's like he's like talking about how, like, you know, nobody's interested in the wrestling that you're, the, he's for like, Tennessee or wherever you're from. This is 1996, Jim. This, <laughs> this isn't Kentucky or Tennessee or wherever you're from. <laughs> yeah. Nobody cares anymore. Yeah, he craps on, like, old NWA-style wrestling. As basically. he should at that point. At 96, yes, it definitely. He's right. But what did Cornette ever book that turned out good, by the way? Have you ever watched Smoky Mountain? It- well, I think a lot of ideas of Jim Cornette's were uh, messed with by Vince, partially. But have you ever watched Smoky Mountain? It yes, looks like it was it. filmed in our bathroom. It looks like it was filmed in the room that we're podcasting <laughs> this in. The the basement, the folks. basement. If, you, if you've seen the pictures on Twitter, I'll just explain it to you. We are in an unfinished <laughs> basement. I'm married, by the way. We're 
I, Quinn and I live together in the same house. It's a big house. It's a very large house. We have six bedrooms here. I'm married, not to Quinn. Uh, <laughs> we live in an unfinished basement that over the years... We don't years, live in an unfinished basement. No. We have an unfinished basement. In our house is an unfinished basement that over the years now, we have turned into a very comfortable space. Right. We've got couch down here. We've got couch. We've got couch, yeah. <laughs> we have a nice... Uh, we have a nice divider of curtains yeah. that separates our area from the laundry area. We've got Eddie Murphy on the wall and uh, a one-way Marvin sign Gay, and all sorts of nonsense. Aretha Franklin, a one-way I think there's sign. There's a Seamus picture somewhere lying around here. There probably is. We got a Woodstock '94 banner. That's yeah. from my stepdad, who actually went to no Kim's brother, who went to that. I don't know. My stepdad went. Got to a that. bunch of guitars hanging around here. Yeah, we got a lot of stuff. But the point is, is that that's. Like, Smoky what those Mountain. Smoky Mountains are like. It yeah. looks like it was filmed on my VHS camera that I bought for your 90s party a few years ago. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's awful stuff. It is. But so, that's what Jim Cornette is uh, and, singing the praises of. And Russo also calls out Doc Hendricks for being Michael P.S. Hayes. Which is crazy for 1996. Because that is breaking kayfabe. It's, in, in, it's, it's breaking kayfabe. It's planned, it, yeah, but, but it's, it's still breaking kayfabe. And he would eventually go to Hayes as the Harder Boys manager, I think, but... Ugh. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, and he had a cane or something. I don't know. It was weird. But He had like a cane that he didn't use was... to walk with. It was just like he had it. Or I thought he was hurt before the angle by Edge and Christian or something, and that's what they were selling. Again, Attitude Era 99, I don't care. I don't know. The point is is that that live wire is some it's innovative. Awesome. That's some innovative television. And you know what? I think that brings us back around to what you were saying is these, these uh, syndicated shows – or maybe even if they weren't syndicated on USA. I do think one of the cool things about them was is that they were good breeding grounds for, like, experimental stuff. Yes, I agree to that. They did experiment by doing Livewire. Um, I didn't like when they moved Superstars to USA because it quickly became a recap show. Yeah. And eventually Livewire did as well. And yeah. And they turned into Jacked and Metal and all that crap. <laughs> Well, you know it was a great show? Velocity. Velocity. Paul London. It was like the Paul London show. It was like, that was the closest WWE got to having like a Ring of Honor show before they do that now, because they have like Ring of Honor, basically yeah. everybody from Ring of Honor. Or it, but became, it was like WWE's version of NXT, even. It was it was a NXT. strange little show, and it only went on for like a year or two, but it was really good. Josh Matthews and somebody were the announcers. Taz on it? I don't know if it was Taz. It might have been. So my perspective, just to sum it up here, my perspective changed on the old Cindy's, you know, like superstars Cindy's. and challenge. That's what they call them. <laughs> um, in the sense that as a kid, I didn't realize that it wasn't live, that it was so overproduced, that it was really just one big commercial for the next pay-per-view or for yeah. a house show or yeah. something, you know. Uh, so now I can see right through that. Yeah. But I still love it. Don't yeah, get me wrong. I think I think I see what you're saying is that at the time, you thought this was like a big event every time. Right. Now you realize how minimal it was. It's really just marketing. Yes, and I, I don't know. I find a big charm to it for some reason. And I, I, I don't see it as a bad thing, but at the same time, I can see it as if you had realized this years ago, you would have like, it might have turned you off to the product even. Uh, Possibly. And I could see why fans who maybe were, you know, older than us, but younger in the 80s, and once mm-hmm. they realized Superstars wasn't the thing anymore, that might have right. been a kind of a downer for them, possibly. possibly. Yeah. Well, you know what, Quinn? This has been a good hour. I I think so, too. As always, I enjoy talking to you. You know that. Um, I Me, too. I am looking forward to doing this again next week. Yeah. Folks, I would like to remind you, please, to tweet at us at OVP Podcast. You can also email us at ovppodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's ovppodcast at gmail.com. Quinn, where can they subscribe again? Just make sure we know. Uh, on the iTunes, on the, the iTunes, Google Play, the, the Google Stitcher. Play, the Stitcher. Um, I think that's only subscription places, yeah. Yep, and you can also find us on Facebook, and hopefully maybe one day if we get if we get the opportunity, we'll be on MySpace. I really hope so. Yeah, and GeoCities. Oh, GeoCities, Angel, Angel Fire. Fire. Yeah. So. Zoom? I don't know what that is. X-O-O-M. No? No. Fortune City? You, you missed me tripod. on that one. No. Oh, Tripod. I know Tripod. tripod. Okay. Folks, thank you so much for listening. Let us know if there's anything you want us to talk about, and we'll be sure to do our best. Quinn, it's been great talking to you as always. A great. It's a pleasure. You, the pleasure is all yours, Quinn. Yeah. <laughs> 
Folks, have a really great rest of your day. As Larry's Bisco would do, you can't see it on audio. <laughs> have fun at work, everybody. Happy Monday to you. Yep. We'll see you next time. Three years I've been writing for this rag of a magazine right here. And you know what, Mr. McMahon? For three years, people have been writing to Vic Venom. Vic, when are they going to put you on television? You're the only one who tells it like it is in the World Wrestling Federation. When are you going to be on television? And you know what, Mr. McMahon? For three years, I wasn't put on television for two reasons. You want to know what they're like? Jim Ross, go ahead. For two reasons. Number one, because you are sitting up there in your ivory tower with all your cronies up there, afraid of what Vic Venom might say on television, afraid that Vic Venom might say the truth. As a matter of fact, maybe you were pulling eggs out of your butt, afraid of Vic Venom. And reason number two, Mr. McMahon, let me say reason number two is I think personally that you are prejudiced, Mr. McMahon. You know why? Because I'm from New York, and I know that you have a problem with New Yorkers because I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth like some people around here. But you know what? This isn't about me, and that was then, and this is now, and I'm not going to cry over some spilled Budweiser or something. I thought you had a question. I do have a question. Well, yeah, Miss McMahon, let me ask you. You are the guru of professional wrestling, am I correct? And before you, it was your father, and before him, it was Grandpa Jess, correct? Now, with all this knowledge and all this experience, I have one question and one question only for you, and so does everybody else out there. How can this show be so awful, Mr. McMahon? I didn't think it was. It is, Mr. McMahon. <laughs> You're fooling the people. You're not being honest with them. We have Michael P.S. Hayes here making believe he's Doc Hendricks, a walking billboard. We're not being honest with the fans of the World Wrestling Federation. I have a problem with that. So, therefore... Your question is, what's wrong with the show? Come I don't think there's anything wrong with the show. Punchy. Come on, go ahead. <laughs> you know, let's not get wrong. I'm done. Don't say again. Excuse me, people at home. Again, this is typical wrestling. Wrestling is it? Wrestling. What? Well, what do you say down there in Kentucky or Tennessee, wherever you come from? Typical wrestling, Jim Cornette. This is 1996, Jim Cornette. You hear me? People don't want to hear this anymore. Okay. Now let's temperature. I'm not concerned about, about the temperature. Time. I'm concerned about you the fans. I seem to be the only one here who's concerned about the fans. I'd like to talk with our fans, Doc. I would like to talk to the fans. I know they want to That's talk That's what's to important. Um, i got a real quick question for you. Did it bother you personally? Did it hurt you? What Jim Ross said two weeks ago on the... Will you stop? stop. stop. stop.